Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Darren Green Show. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is your boy Darren Green, and this is the Darren Green Show, back with another episode. I believe this is what, this is what, episode 57? I was about to say 55 on the old. But be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Also, follow me on Spotify. And as always, follow me at TDGS Official on Twitter and Instagram. The information is in the description. What's good? What's going on? Let me get into this weekend report, okay? So... It's been a minute since I did an actual episode. Hey, it's been a minute. I know I've gave you some episodes that, you know, I get it. You don't like fucking Star Wars. All right. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I didn't get too much traction on my Star Wars episode, I guess, because I frontlined it. That was like the main um, topic that I had on the title. I don't know why you guys wasn't listening, but it was a good episode. And I love talking about Star Wars, but I won't do it no more because y'all love y'all celebrity news. I can tell. Um, and so on and so have you. And then the other one I did like the best of podcast. I wasn't expecting a lot of downloads for that anyway. You know, I had no content. So I was like, let me just make a best of of 2019 because it's the end of the year and let's just get into it. But it's game time as it's the third day of 2020 and motherfuckers is already wilding. And we have to get into some things and I'm going to go right into it. I, I, I'm, I think the error in my ways, I always, and this is me with my co-host as well. We get into the weekend report and we like spend like a good 20 minutes on that bit. And it's just like, you, you guys want the topics and I'm going to give you the topics. Okay. So we're going to start with hot topics. We're going to talk about world war three because apparently and there's a lot of things that I have to cover today. I don't even know if I'm even going to do everything because there's a whole lot of updated shit, a whole lot of shit that has just come up and it has to be talked about. So, yes, let's talk about World War Three or whatever this situation has happened. But anyway, the general Asim Suleimani, who led the powerful force of Islamic Revolutionary Guards, was killed in an American drone strike in Baghdad on Friday. Now, the Iranian leaders issued a strident calls on Friday for revenge against the United States after killing their general in an overnight airstrike on at the airport. The strike spurred mass display of public mourning for the for, you know, by Iran and networks and allies across the Middle East. Now, on Friday, um, uh, Donald Trump, I was going to say Dr. Child, Donald Trump posted a Twitter post saying that. Um, the general killed or badly wounded thousands of Americans over an extended period of time and was plotting to kill many more, but got caught now. And this is just like a PSA. Also, if there's any Americans that are in any American citizens that are in Iran to please evacuate that country because it's not, it's no good for nobody. That's not, you know, them. And, you know, I'm only going to tell you the basics. I don't know every, all of this entirety. I just heard that they sent like 3000 soldiers over there. Um, so we don't know if they're going to, if we're going to start a, if this is going to start a war. Um, a lot of people are saying that Trump's decision was a little bit too hasty and that this should have been thought through because, you know, the regime is definitely going to, the regime in Iran is going to um, essentially fight back or and they're upset about the events that happened. So it could be really dangerous, especially for the soldiers that are being sent over there. But I just want to get the basics of everything. And also the question, you know, on every millennial's mind is that are we going into war and are we going to get drafted if that's going to be a thing? I think it's highly unlikely. I personally feel like it's um, highly unlikely because we have a lot of volunteers. Let's be clear. There's a lot of volunteers and I do have faith in our uh 
in our forces and our I have faith in the American army and I think that we can alleviate the situation that is, that Trump started but I feel that yeah there's so many volunteers that you know there's a lot of people that have really volunteered throughout the years since um, since I've graduated I've known a couple of students um, that I graduated in high school with that are now soldiers. They're like, I don't know if they're going to be dispatched over there or anything like that, but like, you know, it's going to be a wake up call and for the people that, that tried to volunteer to get a call. Good luck. <laughs> but no, what's really killing me is like, there's world war three is trending number one on Twitter as we, as I'm speaking. Right. And it, I'm just no more good. And I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say that piece. And I felt like this is very important because I don't want to I think that it's very entertaining to watch on Twitter, but I think that deception is definitely kicking in when people are looking at these tweets saying that, oh my God, we might get drafted, we might get drafted. It's highly unlikely. Um, Now, if they flatline our people, our soldiers, and we don't have none left, you get what I'm saying? Then we can start being concerned. But I think at this point, we have a lot of people, we we have a lot of soldiers. And... I think that um, I don't want anybody to be worried because, you know, I know I was laughing at these little tweets now last night, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, I mean, am I going to get drafted? I started looking up like what are the age ranges? It's like from 18 to like 26. I'm like, damn, I'm still 22. So it's like, what the hell? Um, but I wanted to make sure I put that out there because I know that there's going to be people like me that are, you know, very uh, laughing at this shit, but it's scary. Um, but just calm down. It's it's it's. We got this. I have faith in the armed forces of our country. And, you know, I think that um, I don't think Iran wants to smoke right now. I just, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that we're not going to get into war. But let me knock on wood, though, because you never know. You never know with these countries. You never know with Trump. And um, it's just we just don't know. So, you know, don't be don't be scared now. Don't be scared if y'all think if y'all around 18 through 26 is don't be scared it's it's we got this okay um but like i said it's highly unlikely and i don't think we need to worry about this too much i think that you know iran is upset now i ain't gonna lie now they are upset and they probably and we're waiting we're await waiting a response they said that they were gonna well like they said america is gonna pay um I just hope that we don't have any terrorist attacks. That's 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 what I'm worried about. You know, I'm not worried about the whole drafting thing because, like I said, we have enough people. I'm worrying about another a 9/11. You know what I'm saying? And I know that it's very hard to do that now because of our public security. But um, I don't know if things can happen. You never know, and that's just what I worry about. I worry about them actually terrorizing our land and i just hope that that does not happen but anyway back to our regularly scheduled hot topics celebrity news and so forth or what have you let's change the subject and switch gears a little bit now did you guys watch r kelly uh surviving r kelly let's get into it because there's a lot of rhetoric around the whole situation about the victims, about the parents, about the people that worked on him, worked with him, his camp. And, you know, I feel like I want to talk about this because the episode aired Thursday, 9 p.m. I encourage you guys to watch it on Lifetime. For those who are waiting on Netflix, I've seen a couple people on my Instagram page um, commenting saying, oh, I'm going to just wait till Netflix. I'm like, OK, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> Cause you know, Netflix don't get nothing. They don't get nothing until it's like we, we, we five months in. So yes, it's coming on at uh, lifetime, 9 PM. Be there, be square. Um, how I feel about this documentary. They, this episode in particular focused on just the, the rhetoric that uh, the victims and the parent or the parents of the victims are also to blame in this situation. And they talked about how, you know, people on social media were starting this trend, unmute R. Kelly or R. Kells and, you know, his fans or whatever, you know, formulating, you know, hey, 
you know, those victims, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were getting themselves into, yada, 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 and this, that, and the third. You know, victim blaming. And it's victim blaming at its finest. And even watching it with my parents, because I watched it with my mom and my dad, I was very, very frustrated. We had we had different opinions on these victims because the one, I don't remember her name, but she's the one that R. Kelly sent out to essentially pimp her friends because he would talk to her and promise her a career. But then also every time they hung out, he would tell her to bring her friends and they would get involved sexually and she would as well. And she talked about how she didn't like it. And just the rhetoric, just, just the response that I got from the people that I was watching the way they was like, Oh, you know, well, she, she's a, she's a, if she didn't like it, why would she, why would she, why would she let that happen? You're talking to a 15 year, 14 or 15 year old girl. And I feel like, and I love how we have the doctors come in because we have doctors on the show. We have the victims talking, but we also have the doctors talking about what consent really is. And you cannot consent unless if you're under the age of 18, that's on period. Now people will interject and say some States allow certain age ranges, but R Kelly was not in those States. Okay. This is happening. What in Chicago? His little studio sessions and stuff like that. He promised girls when you promise someone like that, a career of singing, you know, how much power, do you know, understand. Let's just talk about that. You know how much power that they have over someone like that, especially a celebrity. And I don't know what I would, you know, I'm a big fan of Nicki Minaj. Like, I don't know what I would have done if, if I went to her concert and she gave me her number and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I'm not saying that she's, I'm just using an example, but it's like, it's, it's because I'm a fan of hers. I, I just don't get how people are really, and it's not, they look at it as the rhetoric is not looking at it as like, you know, we're dismissing R. Kelly's uh, thing, her situation, but it's just that, you know, everyone is to blame in this situation. I'm like, you saying everyone is to blame, but you're not talking about the main issue, which is R. Kelly. Now I said, it would be, it'd be a crazy situation. It would look wild as hell. If y'all got the people, if the people that was in his camp and the people that was helping him or the parents that allowed their kids to go, to go through all that, allegedly go to jail before R. Kelly. That shit is crazy. And I, I was just, I was dumbfounded on the responses that I was getting. I was in watching the documentary, seeing the people, the fans of his that are banding with him. And I love how the girl broke it down. One of the people on there broke it down saying that, oh, you can separate people that says, oh, I separate the, the person from the music or whatever. Let me tell you something. You sit there and you buy that person's music or you stream that person's music. You're giving them money so they can fund what they're doing. You get what I'm saying? You over here buying his music or whatever. You over here still listening to it. He getting compensated for it. And he's using that same money to have hostages, to have that little place that he had where he was keeping girls hostage and everything. He's doing all that with the money that you are buying to listen to his songs. So that's why we say, you know, you should definitely try to mute R. Kelly because when you listen to his shit, he gets compensated for it. But you can't tell nobody nothing, child. You can't, you cannot tell. And it's, and it's really coming from a place. It's not the young people that are saying, it's not the people that sent the millennials or whatever. It's really the, the, the generation before us that were fans of his and they have a hard time disconnecting um, because he's, he's done so much great music and he's, he's such a power force in the R and B community that, you know, I can't, I just cannot let that go. And I just, and at this point, if you're arguing with the older generation, just let them, let them have their little opinion or whatever. Let them feel like how they want to feel. They're just never going to change. And they don't understand that people, you know, consent doesn't just mean, or, or rape doesn't just mean stop. You get what I'm saying? You can definitely get raped and, and not say stop at all. You can be in shocked. And that's what has happened. So, and then the whole thing with the, with the, um, signing the NDA forms, and people will say, oh, why they why they sign a non-disclosure? Why they take the plea money? Why they take the money? You want to you know how much it costs to first of all, do you know how much it costs in general to 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 sue anybody, to put anybody, to take anybody to court? That costs enough in itself. But you're trying to get a public figure. You're trying to sue a public figure. You get what I'm saying? You ain't gonna have that. Uh, most of them parents ain't gonna have the money to do that. 
So what they end up doing, they end up signing. Shit, I shit, I didn't went this far. I might as well get compensated for it because we're in this and it's messed up or whatever. You, it can be messed up or whatever you want to call it. But we're in this this space where we're like, pay for my troubles. And I don't think it's right, you know, because you should definitely try to fight for it in court. You know, people's um, people can't be bought. I, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, for centuries, the ultra-wealthy have been putting their money where their mouths are by investing in fine wine. And now, with Vint, you can do that too. At Vint, we offer SEC-qualified investment opportunities of fine wine and spirits curated by our experts with portfolio managers. With Vint, you can invest and diversify into the most sought-after assets that have a history of price appreciation. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. I don't I don't feel like that, but I do feel that people need to understand that people don't have the money to put these take these public figures to court. And that's what it is. They take they take the plea deal. They take the they sign a non disclosure because they get nothing out of anything. That girl tried to sue R. Kelly and literally they found the police found child porno uh child pornography tapes of him and and girls and they could not use it because they never had a warrant so you go through all of that and then you're just giving a deal yeah, hey don't say nothing you get this much much money look i didn't spend all this money trying to get his trying to get his ass into court and it didn't go through it didn't work he's still out here free i'll take the damn deal at the end of the like, what else? What else? I mean, it's it's meant the whole thing. It's meant for you to fail, and I feel like the law sometimes it protects a lot of white men, but it also protects men in general, as far as black men. And I do feel that because it was mentioned on the first episode that he did things with white girls, and they burnt that tape. That tape is to never be seen because it was it was destroyed by you know his brother found it and whatever. Um, and my thing is this, and it. Be, it's probably going to have to take a freaking white victim, a white woman victim to sit there and call him out. And I bet you he'll be, he'll be Bill Cosby within three seconds. Okay. That's crazy. I said, that shit is crazy. Had that been out, he would have been in jail. But I think, I think that it's because of their black women and people don't always believe and, and the trauma that black women face as far as rape and stuff like that. Or maybe they don't believe they just don't give up. And that's what it is. And I think that that's just disgusting. I feel like it's very dangerous for people to even try to victim blame these women. Clearly, the people, especially the people that was in the tapes. It's very dangerous. And it's people. And I'm not even talking to like other people, other cultures. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about my own black community that is literally denouncing these women or is literally trying to. Um, malign the parents and why would parent will allow that yada 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 all these people's blaming the parents and y'all taking the energy off of R. Kelly the main source now I know I'm ranting right now but damn get it right y'all need to get it right he needs to be he needs to be behind bars once he's behind bars once he, this, this motherfucker is in prison for however long they're going to get him. Because he's going to eventually go to prison. But it's going to take forever. Um, then we can focus on other people. Then we can focus on the people that was working for him. Then we can focus on the parents. Um, and then we can. And then there you go. Then we then we can start arresting and doing documentaries on their asses. Whatever. <laughs> but we got to get the main source out first. Because he's still out here. Chilling. And, look. Then they, shoot, they showed the white women on there. One of them was his publicist that started the page, the the anti, well, the, the pro R. Kelly pages or whatever that was actually posting videos 
and, and, and the sex. T- I'm like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean this was on Facebook and Instagram? I feel like, and this is where I will interject to the people that were saying that, oh, his people was tr- threatening to release photos. I don't think it was his people. I think that they were ex- they were extorting the families because I feel like, look, the, the content is common knowledge now. People have the content. You can, if you look hard enough on the internet, you will find those tapes. I wouldn't suggest you do because you'll be watching child porn, but you can find it. And I feel like these people are extorting the families. I don't think it has nothing to do with his team because that would be stupid. It wouldn't make sense. Why would you post? Why would his team? Why would R. Kelly's team post stuff like that? It it, it literally makes him look bad. So I don't. I think that it's people that are extorting and they're saying it. They're saying that they work for R. Kelly because it looks official. So that's the, that's my whole interject on the people saying that um, R. Kelly's people are trying to extort the families and trying to uh, release the sex tape or, or pictures or anything like that. I don't think that it's his team. Now, episode two shows, I want to say it shows the girl that's, that allegedly said that she was a part of the suicide team, which if he were to get incarcerated, she would have to kill herself, which I, w- I cannot wait to hear that side. Of the- I want to hear what, what the hell? I need some proof. I'm like, what? This will be doing. I'm like, child, Lord, child. And, you know, if anyone is watching this documentary and they're having a hard time getting through with your parents or whoever older than you that are that have their preconceived opinions on the whole situation, don't even don't don't save your energy. You get what I'm saying? Because they're not going to see which they're not going to see what is going on because they were in a time where you had to. They were in a time where you couldn't say a lot of things. They were in a time where they were oppressed to freedom of speech of certain things. They couldn't voice things back in the day. And now it's at a point where we're in this Me Too era where people are are having the balls and the gall to, hey, I did this, but this was done to me. And I'm and I, I feel so sorry for myself. These people did. You you don't think that this is hurting them too? Sharing their stories. And once you share your story, it shows that you were a part of it. She, I mean, I mean like, it's, it, I don't know. I, I can't get into the heads of people that was really thinking that they are victim shaming. And nobody victim shamed the people for, for Bill Cosby. Nobody victim shamed them white women. And nobody victim shaming the people with, uh, with, with what's his name? Uh, fat guy. Harvey Weinstein. He ain't going to go to jail. Though. Look, they already, look, he already trying to fake like he crippled and shit. But you want to know why they're getting them? They're getting them because they're white women. And the reason why it was so hard for us to get R. Kelly, because he's been doing this to black women and brown women. Because, you know, there was some black women in there too. And that's the problem. No one believes, no one cares. And that's why I say, that's why when we segue into this whole, um, Ari Lennox situation, black women are black and brown women are the most disrespected. I would say black women first though, because Latin women, they they'll sit there, they they get a little they get a, they definitely get a whole lot of pass in the community. And it's people in the same community that denounces rape victims from black women. But if it had been a white woman child, that girl is vindicated. That's crazy. It took that long. It's taking this long for, first of all, a documentary. It's taking this long for this nigga to be in jail for him to be muted. I don't get it. And then the whole thing with, oh, well, people, they knew if if you knew that people was over here saying that he was he was doing this, to why would you send your child? Did people really know? Did they really know? Back in those times, what, early 2000s? We talk about late 90s, early 2000s. Let me say something. You didn't believe a blog at all. They were tabloid. No national news was talking about this. So people didn't know. Either it was word of mouth. It was word of mouth. It was word of mouth or whatever. So mm -mm. I'm standing my ground with this situation. I feel sorry for the victims and how what they had to go through. And even when they had the premiere date, they had to leave the premiere date of the first documentary because there were threats. They're threatening. I, I, I'm over here telling my story. I'm over here telling my salt. And I'm and I'm the one 
that's 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 getting attacked. I'm over here getting threatened just because what that's your favorite singer. I'm sorry, I love Nicki Minaj to death, but if she ever did anything into that magnitude, I would delete everything. I would disconnect myself from everything she ever done. I'd throw away them albums. You get what I'm saying? And I mean that. Y'all riding with the wrong crew. That's <laughs> and that's all I gotta say about that. Y'all riding with the wrong goddamn crew. And and, and like I said, Black women are very devalued, and it, and it connects to this whole Ari Linux situation. So let's just talk. Let's just segue into that because Ari Linux recently got on live and was just and she was talking about some shit. Okay, so basically what had happened was there was this Twitter or whatever. This is little Twitter person troll over here saying Ari Linux and. Uh, Tiana Taylor's ability to have dangerously high sex appeal while simultaneously looking like Rottweilers will always amaze me. And our Linux response is people really hate blackness so bad. And she had a, she had a slew of um, tweets talking about it and she went on live and this is what she had to say. So comfortable tearing down black women, women and no other race. Look around, look under, look around when are hispanic women ever compared to dogs when do they do that when do they do that to white women when are white men doing that to white women when are hispanic men doing that to hispanic women they're not doing it they're not like and and how come as a black woman me sticking up for it i'm i'm azealia like bruh like it's it's insane it's insane to me that you're right like that that is real freedom of speech being threatened. That's real. That's real speech being threatened. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know what? I agree. I definitely, I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like black women are very, like I just said before in the whole R. Kelly spill, um, what topic that I was talking about, black women are very undervalued. They're the most disrespected people on the planet. I guess I, I will go as far as say on the damn planet because of how they're treated. What kind of backhanded, and, that, and that's just, and you thought, I thought the whole, oh, you're cute for a black girl compliment, backhanded compliment was worse. This shit, they call her, call her and Tiana Taylor a rock baller? Are you kidding me? And this was said by a black man. A black man. That was on Twitter. Y'all wild. Y'all would not say this to nobody Spanish. Y'all would not. period and that's sad that's real that is some sad shit right there because I feel that people like Tiana Taylor and Ari Lennox are very beautiful they're beautiful black women and I think that there's there's beautiful every look to sit there and call her a rock wilder, but you don't do that to Cardi B you don't do that to J-Lo or anybody else that's non-black you call Meg the Stallion a horse. You call Cash Doll a horse. And y'all know I probably laughed at that a couple of times. But you know what? It's starting to look like a pattern because I never see no one saying anything about Cardi. I, I don't, you know, I don't see anybody saying anything about what, uh, Ella May. I, I don't see anybody talking about anything, anybody that's non-black, really. I, I really don't. And, you know, we have people that's over here talking about people, kids. We over, we got people that's over here um, saying that Blue Ivy's likeness is to her dad is, is starting to show, which I don't even understand where this any whore. Um, it's just a whole lot of situation. Like, damn, like y'all really don't like black women like that. Like y'all really don't like black women. And it's really our own people, our own black men that are saying that type of shit. Let him behold, child. Some of these non-black people, child, be looking most like animals than ever. But you would never say that. But you will always say that to a black woman, and that shit is is disgusting. It's it's very, it's it's. I don't even want to get into that. It's disgusting. People just don't. People people really don't um, understand the dangerousness of that all because once you say that then that gives another generation of people the validation to be like you know what that is true or or just be and it's it, it, ugh, I don't know child this is making my brain hurt 
y'all really out here making my damn brain hurt and i, I can't I, I literally i see stuff and i'm just no i'm no longer surprised anymore because at first i thought the the freaking tweet came from a white person i'm like oh cool. yeah yeah some it sounds about white but i'm like damn a black man said that shit what but you know what? I'm like, I'm not surprised because this shit happened. This shit happened in high school. This shit happened in the college. People saying people say dumb shit. Black men say dumb shit all the time that really disrespects their own culture. My thing is this. People just say anything that come out their mouth. And I think that they don't think about the impact of what they're saying. And I think that's what it is. And I think that, you know, you listening to this. It's. Yeah, you may not believe it, but it's true. I don't know. But let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I know I talked about Ari Linux enough because it really connected with the whole R. Kelly thing. Um, it didn't really connect entirely, but it's just the whole part of the black women, you know, being... You know, for centuries, the ultra-wealthy have been putting their money where their mouths are by investing in fine wine. And now, with Vint, you can do that too. At Vint, we offer SEC-qualified investment opportunities of fine wine and spirits curated by our experts with portfolio managers. With Vint, you can invest and diversify into the most sought-after assets that have a history of price appreciation. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. Listen, there's a reason the ultra-wealthy have been investing in fine wine for centuries. Historically stable returns and a lack of volatility make it stand out compared to traditional assets, especially during a downturn. But now you can invest alongside with them with Vint. Vint is an SEC-qualified investment platform that offers shares of the most sought-after wines in the world. So join the thousands of investors diversifying with fine wine and spirits. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. Uh, victim blaming and, and, and you know they're being devalued and stuff like that but let's talk about let's talk about some lighter news okay so trina says tommy's kitty cat is all the way out take a listen if you guys if you guys are on south beach let me see Look, huh? that's mine yes that's mine he's on live I know, it's so crazy. Imagine if I just posted shit like, hello, she's live. Well, hey, she's wait, live. let me get off block. Here we go. Bye, let me call y'all later. Love y'all. They can hear me? Yeah. <laughs> pussy out. Pussy was everywhere. Oh my God, pussy just out. Pussy was out. I was like, her pussy is out. It was, the pictures are cute, but it was like, huh? Now, apparently, when I first heard that, I thought that was mommy tip. I would not hold you. I thought that was Miami tip. That sound like her. But then when my best friend, me and my best friend was talking about it and I got to hearing it again, I'm like, you know what? That really do sound like Trina. Ooh, Trina was saying that. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Is my, is Tommy coming on love hip hop Miami? I don't know, but that shit was funny as hell. It did like, yo, um, Bobby lights want to be the mediator so bad. Like, I'm like, but, but let me tell you, um, I can't say nothing, girl, bye. Anyway, <laughs> cause you know, your little shady ass want to say something. You ain't had no problem saying stuff, but you want to say, which was false about the whole Nikki situation. You ain't want to say nothing now. Cause that's your friend. Cause you know, Tommy's your friend. You know, Tommy would get in that ass. Okay. Um, but that shit was funny as hell. She said, yo, Tommy got her Punani all the way out. Like, what? How do you have it out? Like, what, Trina? Trina always say some shit. Now, if I was, if definitely if I was Trina, I'd be mad too. Because I'm like, bitch, you ain't tell me you was on live. And you know people going to re- re- screen record shit. Like, child, oh my goodness. Because you know every time a celebrity or a public figure, I should say, We'll sit there and go on live. You know there's going to be people that's going to screen record because you never know what's going to be said. Whoo, child. That shit was funny. I didn't want to talk about that really because, like, I didn't think it was that serious. But then when people was like, oh, my God, why would Trina say that? I'm like, Trina, that sounds like Miami tip. But we definitely need a confirmation on that. What you guys think? Tell me in the comments. Ooh, there is no comments on podcasting. But tell me on uh, Facebook because I did share this on a post. Tell me if y'all think it was Miami Tip or uh, Trina Chow, because look, I bet TDGS official on Twitter and Instagram. But like, ah, that shit was crazy. But anyway, I feel like I'm flying through the topics, which I'm okay with. Um, Like I said, I wanted to get everything, but I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to be able to get everything. 
I wanted to talk about Mariah Carey because this is something that kind of happened during like the holiday break because it really wasn't a, it wasn't a lot of things happening in the break. Um, I just got off the main stuff that was, you know, the Iran thing and the R. Kelly thing. And then now, you know, Ari Linux and all that. But um, apparently Mariah Carey's Twitter got hacked. <laughs> so a user apparently jokingly claims numerous uh, entities, uh, Twitter handles, began tweeting from Carey's account at 3 o'clock p.m. posting Eminem can hold this punani, right? And then she posted other stuff that was kind of like racist. She said the N-word and stuff like that. And then the person also um, told her millions of followers to follow other pages. So that's what kind of makes me think that this hack was real because you're over here telling, you're over here Mariah Carey, wink, wink, um, telling people to follow other pages. It sounds like someone did hack, but it would have been a funny story if that actually was true and she really did speak on what she wanted to say because... L- she said Eminem can still hold this. I'm like, what? Who? <laughs> Girl, who hacked your page? <laughs> but no, that was the talk of town. I think that was during New Year's too. I'm like, what? Mariah Carey said this? Like, what? Oh, my. she's speaking her truth. Go ahead, girl. But um, apparently it was hacked. And I do believe that it was hacked because of that, because they're referring to other pages. So usually that means that you're hacked. I still don't believe offset offsets situation, bitch. No, you are not hacked, nigga. You definitely texted old girl and you didn't and you wanted to look like you was getting hacked. No. Period. But no, I think Mariah Carey's page did kind of I, I I do believe. But that shit was funny as hell. Anyway, let's talk about Kevin Hart. Cause that's another thing that I want that I was um watching during uh, this little winter situation, you know, Christmas into the New Year's and stuff like that. So Kevin Hart don't fuck this up documentary that was on Netflix. Talked about a couple issues, the marital issues, his argument with the trainer, which got it got viral, and then his um his uh tweet controversy, you know, his homophobic tweets back in the day. And then we'll just get into it. I, I feel because the reason why I really wanted to watch the documentary, because I know he was working on that, wasn't really because of the tweets, but it was because of the argument that he had with the trainer. And then actually watching the whole thing, I'm like, there was a lot that was edited. Like, where did that argument come from? It just shows that he's, I mean, it showed him in his arrogant form, obviously. I mean, he just sat there and was like, oh, well, if all this is to go away, what are you going to do? As if to say, bitch, I'm feeding you. And what if I leave? Or what if I die or something like that? Where are you being like, boy? And that's why I had issues with the documentary. Well, I didn't have issues with it. But like, I looked at the friend group that he has kind of weird because it's the trainer. And then like, it's like the comedians that were trying to be comedians that didn't work out. And I guess Kevin Hart became friends with them. And then he became who he is and has given, essentially given him a job, given them a job and stuff like that. And he helps, they help him out with writing jokes and stuff like that. I, I, I mean, weird flex, but I can never do it. If I was trying to be an inspiring commentator for television or something like that, and I never made it, but I made friends with somebody that did. I'm like, okay, you do your thing. I'm, I'm still trying to do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, because yeah, I feel like there's something always over my head. Like, I created you, or I have the power to stop the money flow. You get what I'm saying? I, ooh, that's just a weird flex, but every person's different. Everybody's different. Um, Do I think that the friendship is genuine? I think so. But we're not here to talk about that. The marital issues, um, which we'll get to in a little bit, because um, Jason Lee got involved, child. <laughs> but the whole thing with um, just the the wife getting the DM on Instagram of the sex tape, that shit was crazy. And the fact that they try or they're spinning it to it was somebody in their friend group. They was he wasn't close in with that friend group, but he was a close friend of Kevin Hart's. So that gave drama to the documentary because I'm like, oh, my God, like what? Like it was really his friend. Um, that was definitely interesting. Um, but I've talked to people that know about the situation of how he even got the new wife. I mean, the, the new wife definitely was dating him and being with him as he was still married. So my thing is like, you know, you lose him how you get him. You get what I'm saying? Um 
a lot of people don't feel bad for this girl, but she was pregnant. So, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt. She was pregnant and no one that's pregnant deserves to be cheated on because you go through so much stress. And she said she wanted to alleviate herself from the issue because she didn't want to lose the child. So, and they got through it and they're still strong, but you know, I don't know. It just, the documentary looked at weird because it's just like when, when like, why would you do that? And why'd you be, why would you be recorded? But I guess he, he spent it into the fact that he didn't know that he was being recorded. So it was like an extortion situation because his friend apparently emailed him and was like, Hey, we need this ransom of money. So, uh, but I'm, but my thing is, I don't know if it was already out and if they already sent it to the girl, like that was the point or unless they just wanted to, I don't get, I, I, there's still some, and that's the problem that I have with the documentary. There was a lot of plot holes in there. Cause I'm like, if I'm your friend and I'm extorting this, I would just share the video to you, Kevin Hart. I wouldn't show the wife because you already showed my wife. I don't give a fuck if it's out on the internet at, at this point. That's that. Defe- I mean, <laughs> it don't it defeat the purpose. Cause I'm like, you're trying to hide this from your wife or you're trying to, you will want this to be hidden from your wife. So you will go to the source. You will go to the person that did it. I don't know, but they ended up sending it in the DM to the girl, but whatever, um, weird flex, but whatever. And then we got to the, um, the tweet controversy. This is the, the homophobic tweet that he made back in the day. And this is where I have issue with, because I feel, and I talked to, I talked this, I talked about this with my best friend. The issue I have is the fact that you wanted a little sympathy scene, the part where you were signing your little flyers to your fans or whatever, and you were talking, your peoples was talking about, oh, how you could have been like the fifth Oscar host or whatever. I'm like, nigga, you had, it, the best was in your court. You definitely could have hosted that damn show if you really wanted to. It's just that your arrogance hindered you from doing that. You didn't want to apologize. And that was the thing. And you felt like you did nothing wrong or you felt like you've already addressed this nigga. You didn't address the shit because people would have found out people. You, there was no interviews. I've never seen a single interview before you did this shit with Ellen. There was nothing of you ever talking about this. So you already addressed this. I don't believe so. And then you go to Ellen, you go to Ellen and I'm rehashing this whole thing. I, whatever. I only talked about it one time. You rehashed the shit with Ellen and you thought that it was going to be better, but it wasn't because you talked to someone that didn't challenge your ass. You didn't want to go to Don Lemon because you knew you would have been challenged. And you failed every time you tried to explain the situation or explain how you're not going to apologize and just tell us to get over it. You telling me to get over it. I'm like, bitch, what? Who are you? I ain't getting over shit. <laughs> So that caused people to look, I mean, to look at them and, and you and the whole thing about the dollhouse, breaking a dollhouse over your son's head. That's not even all the, the only tweets that you've made now. Um, and I like how the team kind of told him that what you're doing, once you fall, we all fall. And so it's in the sense of like the people that his team is working with or other adventures and stuff like that. It can hinder them because now you work for this person that's apparently homophobic. And I, and to this day, and after all that I've just said, I still, I don't feel like he's homophobic. I just feel like he's ignorant. And I feel like what he did was very dangerous because it's going to give people that are actually homophobic, the validation to accept or to commend people that violently hurt their, their children because of their lifestyle. You've normalized it and you've stand your ground. So that makes you look homophobic, but I don't think that he is. I don't think he understood that. I think that it was more of a business thing where he doesn't want to be controlled. And that's the, that's the arrogance of Kevin Hart. His arrogance literally was his downfall with the situation. I feel that it was his arrogance that was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to say sorry. This and the third, the man, the man is that and the third, but then he ended up apologizing anyway. And that's another thing. So he's very, he's a contradicting person. You sat there and said back in the day that you would never wear a dress in your first gig in SNL, you wore a dress. I, I, weird flex, but you know, <laughs> this title going to be weird flex child. It, I mean, but whatever you get what I'm saying. You're a contradiction. You, you did. And you eventually did an apology tour and then you did. And you fucked up again because, and that wasn't even the whole interview with Lil Nas X or whatever that shit was. 
that you were doing and you was talking and you undermined it, his or undermined the oppression that black LGBTQ men deal with in the hood or in, in center cities, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's gay. So what? I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? It was hard. What? And that's why I commend people like Jason Lee that put him all that got him all the way together. Black journalists take time out of their days to come to your movie premieres to promote all the positivity that you want to see. Let me show you what he does. I was on The Breakfast Club and talked about this very issue. This is what black celebrities do. They fuck with the blogs to get hot. They get hot and they forget who helped them get out. I mean, I get it. Your whole life's goal is to be featured on the Hollywood Reporter as if somehow that's gonna be something that moves the culture. It's what the people wanted. Well, guess what, Kevin? It doesn't. But it's clear through your documentary your big goal is being a billionaire. I know a billionaire. You got his phone number but still haven't tried to use that to call me. What you did was you went on Instagram because that's where all of you feel safe. Definitely don't want to cause another crisis management meeting. You forgot that the black journalists are the people that put you where you are in that big old house with your dogs and your family and your wife who you cheated with or cheated on. I can't remember the story, but either way, somehow you forgot. Hmm. And look, look, I get that you don't understand this is not your life, but you have fans. And I love how one of the people at your at your uh, team said, I understand that you may have addressed this wink, wink um, before. But you are a lot of people are getting to know you a lot more people are getting to know you and they don't know that past of you apologizing. That's the same reason why Camila Cabello probably apologizes probably what the fucking third time she did look because she did apologize before about the racist stuff and it happened and then it got brought up again and she apologized again. And if it happens again, she'll apologize. Because look, let me tell you something. You get new fans and new fans look up. They they, they want to see what you've done or they'll look back. Some people are, are crazy like that. They'll look back on your old posts and they see what you did or research what you have said in the past. It happens. It happens to the best of people. That's why I say watch what you say now. Because if you ever become famous, it will bite your ass. And I don't think that Kevin Hart is that way at all. I don't think he's homophobic. And he was trying to... Ex- and you did less of explaining on how you're homo, how you're not homophobic but until, but just saying that you're not going to like people need to get over it. I've addressed this before. I don't care if you addressed it before. I never heard it. I never seen it. Address it now. And he going to do whatever he going to do whatever he wants child, because he's, he's, he's just that arrogant. And you know, calm as a biatch. As you can see, what happened with his little late night or night school, whatever that shit, tanked. And his endeavors, I I wish him the best. I was a big fan of Kevin Hart, and I didn't care. Like I I remember the stick that he used to the little jokes that he did with no, stop. That's gay. Like that shit was funny. Like I thought it was funny, but I don't. I I, I you know sometimes with comedians, and that's kind of like how I, why I kind of respect um, Dave Chappelle a little bit more. Because he do it, he does it in a way that's not like I don't know. He just does it differently, like his whole explanation. Because you know the trans community really does not fuck with him, and I think that it's just some kind of a miscommunication. I think he definitely stands his. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I still feel like Dave Chappelle is just a little bit different than Kevin Hart. I feel like Kevin Hart was very nasty with his response, whereas Dave Chappelle. I feel like he's such a jokester. I think that sometimes that rhetoric kind of get, he's kind of so much of a jokester. He's joking about it. Like he really does. Like he really does not like, he would not, he's, I don't think he's homophobic at all. I don't think Kevin Hart's homophobic, but it's just the way that he addresses it. It's the way that he denounced apologizing. But Dave Chappelle, if you watch his show, if you watch the whole thing, you know, the part where he said, if you feel like, you want to sit there and, and and harm someone because they're trans. There's something wrong with you. You're a piece of shit. He literally said that on his show. I don't hear Kevin Hart say that. He's not saying that enough. Or if he is saying that. <laughs> so it's definitely different. And I feel like once he gets out of his head and I, and, and now I, in, in the beginning, I kind of, the, the first couple episodes kind of baited you into being like, okay, so now it makes you want to feel like, 
okay, so this is where that came from. Okay, so your father was a little bit of hard on you, and that's why you have this macho uh, intellect or macho um, was personality or whatever. And you was always the center of attention. That's why you're you come off very arrogant. I don't give a shit. Back to Jason Leto, the part where he was he was talking about how he'll sit there and denounce like black media. He will sit there and walk past. He'll go be in red carpets and walk past the black media. And I hate when celebrities do that shit because we're the ones that put you on, but you come for us. It's the Lakeiths, it's the Cardi B's that sat there and say black owned blogs are toxic in the community. Bitch, we ain't toxic in the community. We created your ass. We put your ass on. Because ain't nobody else was, nobody, no E, TMZ, E News. They wasn't putting your shit on. Now they putting your shit on because we posted your shit. We believed in your ass. So, I don't know. I ain't got nothing to say, child. I said, we probably, girl, we probably need to start talking about, we need to start, black blogs need to start making stuff on white people, child. Because <laughs> it, it just seems to me like y'all don't want us to talk about your ass no more. I ain't going to do that shit, but I'm just saying. Y'all, y'all crazy. Anyway, let's change the subject, child, because I feel like I, I, I ramble on, child. <laughs> um, where are we in time? You know, I have to do that little intermission. Okay, we have 48 minutes. Hey, what's up? So, we have a couple more topics before I go. Um, Y'all heard about Madonna? She over here dating like a 25-year-old. Ugh. Um, we're flex, but, <laughs> but do your thing, girl, do your thing, do your thing. Okay. Look, you was in your sixties and you're still looking young and you're still doing your thing. Um, but that man is definitely like, he's like, look, I need to pay some bills. So <laughs> what's good. I mean, you're not, you're, you're 62, but you don't look 62. You look a little bit. I mean, you look, you know, like a little, a good 54, a good 51. <laughs> so let's get this, let's get this popping. But, um, Hey, do, do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. I mean, she, he's 25. He's of age. It's whatever. Um, I don't know. But anyway, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let's get into that. These are like the little quick topics before I go. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let's get into it because there was a lot of discussion on that. So, as you know, Cynthia was proposed by her person. Oh, God, I forgot his name. Mike. And Kenya apparently ruined Cynthia's wedding proposal because if you see before he was about to propose. He told Candy. Candy told Kenya because, you know, she wanted Kenya to be here. When he uh, and I think that was probably Candy's downfall. You should not have told Kenya. And if you should, if you did tell Kenya, you should have texted her. Don't say nothing. Because what can you do? She ended up coming up in there and telling and telling Cynthia, oh, well, I think he might propose today. Now, granted, I think that that's wrong. And I think that when I get into discussions with this with people, they think that because I'm such a Kenya fan or such I'm like for Kenya most of the time, which I am. I love Kenya. I felt like she was wrong in this situation. I don't think that she was malicious though, because that's what people are saying. People are saying that she was very malicious and it's because things are not going well with her man, her husband, that she's very bitter and that she uh, is jealous of Cynthia. So she wanted to ruin her moment. I don't think that I just, I, 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 for the life of me and I've known Kenya to be malicious at times. I don't feel that she did this with malicious intent. I feel like she had a blonde girl moment. I feel like she spoke out of bound. She should not have said that. I do agree that she should not have said that, but do I think it's malicious? I just don't. I really don't. I just, I, 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 I don't know, but people are saying that because it's Kenya. I think Kenya has a long history of the general public of people that watch Housewives of Atlanta. They don't like Kenya. And I think that, being that she hasn't had a man in so long and being that she's going through turmoil, usually when Kenya goes through turmoil, she does a lot of shit that's very 
malicious. And I I will agree with that, but I feel like this in this instance, I don't think she would do that to Cynthia. She she would do that to like Amarlo. She would do that shit to probably Eva or something like that, but not Cynthia. That's someone that she really bonded with. So I don't think that she would do that. To this day, I seriously don't think that. Um, but you can think what you want. This is just my opinion. Now, something else that was on there, Nini came back or whatever, because they, they took this trip to Toronto. That's where it kind of left off because I guess they were talking about that hurry because uh, Mike actually, Cynthia's uh, fiance, was upset about it. He was upset. And I don't know, I was surprised when he got it to it because I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe he don't know the relationship that Heron King has. So, I, so okay, I, I can see how he can get upset because this is supposed to be a moment of just complete, like, you wasn't supposed to know at all. No inkling, nothing. Um, like I said, also, Candy should have definitely told her and made clear, do not say nothing. Um, but, hey, it happened. So, also, Nene comes back. She comes, well, she's not coming back, but she's with the group now because they took a trip to Toronto and... She's been invited and she shows up. So I can't wait to see how that plays out. I know her and Kenya get into it because she tried to. And this is where I'm, this is where I'm like, oh my God, this is a good moment that Nina did when she sent Cynthia. Cause Cynthia had the wine selling thing. That's when the whole proposed thing happened at her wine opening or whatever. She was having her own wine or whatever that thing was. And uh, Nini sent her a card and was like, you know, I know we're going through stuff, but you know, I really am for you. And I really support this and yada, yada, yada. Good things, good things, good things. But then you sell it to the blogs. Like what type of, that's not genuine at all. And then how do you expect people to respect you? That's why I have issues with Nene because Nene will do stuff that's like, oh, but then she'll throw it in your face and it's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, really? You know, I, that's why I can't really get with Nene like that. Like I'm very sometimey with her because she's a very sometimey person. I don't know. But I can't wait for this reaction and this little argument that she's going to have with Kenya. This is, this looks like it's going to be really interesting. It might be another pillow talk situation because that's what it started to look like. Nah, I don't know. But it's happening so early into the season. I hope that other shit like usually this is like the first part of the season, probably after the Toronto um trip, they're probably going to give us the. Other because they've been giving us like two trailers. They give us a trailer before the season starts, and then there's a midway trailer. So hopefully more shit happens. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I I feel that Nini and Kenya they're just not at, they're they're not good, and I feel like Nini has definitely shaded Kenya, and that really pissed me off back then when when uh, Mark was saying how oh I have no problems with Nini, I have no problems with me. Yeah, that whole girl told Joe said Joe Child look like a buffalo. Where they do that at? You know what I'm about to say. We're flex, but okay. <laughs> I don't understand, child. I, I seriously don't. But it's whatever. It's 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 really whatever. My last topic that I want to talk about is this viral video circulating of a man that appears to be attempting to abduct a woman in a NYC uh, train, the subway, and the video showed the man in all red talking to the woman, and then snatching her up or whatever, snatching her to get her out the, the, the uh, train or whatever. Now, another video has resurfaced of him explaining, Hey, she was telling me to help. She was asking for help. And he was, she was saying that, Oh, he was going, he was going to hurt me if I leave or if I try to run away. So when he, when the train stopped, he picked her up and tried to get her away. That's his side of the story. Her side obviously was, he's trying to abduct me. It was weird because at first we seen that shit. I'm like, ah, uh-uh, this, 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 that, uh, that trafficking shit. He's trying to, he's trying to collect somebody, but it's really two sides of the story. Um, he wasn't charged. He was, I think he was arrested, but then they ended up letting him go because they, they found out the story. I guess they found the truth and it, he was really trying to help them, but I don't know, child. We, we, I think that we're all at ease right now because look, we're all on 10 because, Hey, I don't know who these, these weird people just coming in to just snatching up people and taking them and putting them in vans and shit and white vans and all that child. Look, there's a lot that's going on right now. So I think that we were just all on 10, but I feel like this was just a situation. And that's why I don't really talk to people on the subway. Cause there's a lot of weird ass people on, on the, especially in the NYC subway. I'd be like, don't talk to me, child. <laughs> 
I'm really like that. I'm bougie like that. I'm like, don't talk to me, child. I'm trying to get to where I need to get to. And you're wasting my time. And that just goes to show, yeah. I've seen something somewhere else. Like, my best friend sent me this. There was this worker or whatever. This girl that donated her whole kidney to her boss. Did her boss fired her or whatever? Like, that's you don't give shit to nobody. You don't give shit to no fucking body, child. Uh, I can't. That was a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> oh my god, I really got that's got to be a that's got to be a saying of mine or whatever. I don't know, but anyway, I think that's it for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed episode fifty-seven as I did talking about it, and I hope to see you again. Probably, I'll probably do like a um, what you would call it a uh, an after show because. You know, stories may get developed and definitely the story with the Iran, the Iran story. I think that that might develop and I might have more things to say about that. So be up on that. It will probably be out Monday. And I'll tell you about the new schedule once I get back to school. Hopefully, it'll you know, still be Monday because I'm off that day. I don't have no class today. So that is perfect for editing and doing all the shit I got to do. But anyway, see you guys later. Until next time, I'm your host, Dan Green, and this is the TDGS Podcast. Signing out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, there's a reason the ultra-wealthy have been investing in fine wine for centuries. Historically stable returns and a lack of volatility make it stand out compared to traditional assets, especially during a downturn. But now you can invest alongside with them with Vint. Vint is an SEC-qualified investment platform that offers shares of the most sought-after wines in the world. So join the thousands of investors diversifying with fine wine and spirits. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co.